Belenang Sad remain rooted to the bottom of the league table uh, with that loss against Gil Vicente, whilst Aruca have managed to escape the relegation zone temporarily uh, after defeating Vitoria de Guimaraes. Um, if you haven't yet, definitely check out uh, uh, the Cortalinias of a few weeks ago with Fernando Gesend, who is an Aruca supporter. Um, I'm curious, though, to hear your thoughts on this Aruca side. What have you made of them in their return of the top flight? And, um, yeah, what, what, what do you think of their chances of staying up? Uh, yeah, Aruca, they started the season really well, but then they started to drop points, and now they were in a tough situation. Uh, although they have some good players like Taos, for example, um, I think this victory against Vitoria Guimarães is really important. I think it can give them the hope they need for the remaining of the season. They will face the uh, Mureirense uh, next week, I think, and they are uh, both teams are really on the bottom of the table, so it will be crucial for both. They have been uh, improving a bit in the last weeks. Uh, I don't know if they will be capable of avoiding relegation, but let's see. I think they are one of the candidates at the moment, but uh, maybe if they can achieve now two consecutive wins, will they will be in a better position and maybe uh, can uh, avoid it. Aruca taking the lead in the 13th minute via goal from João Basso. Uh, Vitoria equalizing via Oscar Estupinian. Um, but Aruca taking a 3-1 lead going into halftime thanks to Andre Bukia, who recorded a goal and an assist. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Andre Bukia because, you know, I watched him in this game and I do think that he can be a key player for them. A lot of pace, trickery, and dribbling. Uh, 26 years old from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Uh, what, what do you think of Bukia going into this uh, relegation fight? Yeah, uh, it's what you've said. Uh, I had Bukia on my fantasy league some uh, some weeks ago, and he's really useful on that. Uh, is he gave some points due to its dribbling? He's very strong on that. He also has the speed, and so he he's good creating uh, the spaces and then scoring them. And I think there will be a, it will be a great help weapon for Roca to remain in the Premier League. Absolutely, absolutely. One team that had kind of a bad weekend and that finds itself right now in the relegation playoff spot is Tondela. So Tondela from 23 games, 11 games remaining, uh, currently 16th with 20 points. And that's one point above Morenz and five points above Belenenc Saad as well as one point below Aruca and two points below Boavista. That's interesting. They, they could be in trouble. We might talk about them soon. Tondela, though, uh, losing to Braga, one nothing via goal from Ricardo Horta, who we've talked about before on Cortellinius, really is becoming one of the most crucial uh, attackers in the Primera Liga. Um, with regards to Tondela, you got to think that this is reaching a crisis point. Uh, looking at their results in the league, uh, fall, this is following a one nothing loss to Estoril Praia, a 3-1 loss to Benfica. Um, they had previously beaten Portimonense, but had also lost to Vizela 
prior to that. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Tondela side? Uh, yeah, firstly, uh, say that uh, Ricardo Horta, yeah, really good player. Uh, what else? Uh, what more can we expect from him? Uh, but he really made the difference. Uh, regarding Tondela, um, uh, I think it's the third time this season that they have three consecutive uh, defeats. And uh, I don't know, I saw today that uh, their president of the SAD uh, said that the Paco, Paco Gonzalez was, uh, uh, yesterday, was, um, was uh, as his job secure. But uh, I don't know, in Portugal, it usually means that you'll be fired soon. And uh, from that game, I think uh, they never uh, create really danger to Braga. The most interesting thing was Eduardo Quaresma appearing in, in a relatively new position and with a good chance in the first half. Um, I don't know if I, I put uh, Tondela uh, with Roca, uh, Moreirense and Bissad especially. I think they are the main candidates to relegation. Uh, I don't think they have some fragilities, the, the weaknesses that uh, usually uh, can result in relegation. Um, but yeah, we saw many times in different seasons in the past, Tondela making uh, incredible strikes in the, uh, the last uh, weeks of the, of the championship. Uh, so maybe it can happen again, we never know. Uh, at the moment, yeah, I, I would say that they are in a really difficult position and they are one of the candidates. Busy week as well for Portuguese teams playing in Europe. Seen some interesting results across the board. Uh, sporting, Ruben Amunim Sporting, who had really miraculously qualified for the Champions League knockout round after starting with losses to Borussia Dortmund, as well as that embarrassing 5 nothing defeat to Ajax. Uh, Sporting taking on Manchester City and losing 5-0. City going up 4-0 at halftime and really coasting to a comfortable uh, win at the Estadio Jose Alvalade. Um, Braga, on the other hand, Braga, Carlos Carlos Carvalho's side taking on Xeratiraspol, who really were kind of an early surprise of the Champions League, but uh, did crash out and aren't and ended up winning two nothing in the first leg, thanks to goals from Sebastian Thiel and Adama Traore. Um, so the only team, and this is something that has really been kind of a common pattern in Portuguese football over the years, the only Portuguese team that had a good weekend, had a good week, uh, was Sergio Conceição's Porto, who won two. To one against Lazio. Uh, Porto going down early on via a goal from Matias Zacagni, but taking the lead via Tony Martinez, uh, who scored a brace. So equalizing in the 37th minute and uh, putting them ahead 2-1 on aggregate going into the second leg. It'll be interesting to see how that turns out on Thursday. But, you know, I do think, and we, we've said this before, one, one position where Porto really stand clear in terms of their quality uh, against the rest of the league is the center forward position. Uh, you know, even after losing Musa Marega on a free transfer, 
Um, I think you can argue that's been a blessing in disguise, looking at Tony Martinez, uh, Evan Nielsen, and Meditaremi just really thriving in attack so far. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Porto's center forward options right now. Um, yeah, starting with Porto, uh, we saw Taremi and, Fab- and Tony Martinez starting the, the season in the starting 11. Then uh, Tony Martinez lost his place to Evan Nielsen. So I think Sergio Conceição has really, uh, three good options. All of them are more than uh, capable of doing uh, great goals. We saw uh, Tony Martinez uh, scoring in the Europa League. Uh, then uh, Evan Nielsen against Morerense. They are all the three great options. Even Taremi, when uh, he's not scoring, he's, uh, he's always uh, creating danger, always creating opportunities and chances. It's good. I think uh, this rotation uh, will help Porto a lot and to do well both uh, internally and externally in the European competitions. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what happens with their uh, second leg against Lazio as well as Benfica's matchup uh, going up against Ajax. See if Ajax can do what they did to to Sporting. Uh, Santa Clara and Portimonense ending the weekend's action uh, with a 1-1 draw. Uh, Lincoln giving Santa Clara the lead going into halftime, but Portimonense taking the, in a late equalizer, you know, as we've seen in previous matches against likes of Vitoria Guimaraes, equalizing the 80th minute via Fadi Mufi, uh, taking a draw. So, you know, that leaves Portimonense 12 points behind Gil Vicente who, and level on points with uh, Marichmo in eighth place and three points above Santa Clara. So those are some, just a few of the results. Another interesting result, uh, Passos de Pera taking on Vizela and winning 2-1. Uh, you know, one player that we talked about on last week's Cortellini-ish episode is Machoy Jallo, and he came in clutch again uh, in this matchup against Vizela and, and scoring in a 2-1 victory against Vizela, who, it should be mentioned, uh, did go down a man via Cassiano's sending off in the eighth minute. Um, but talk to me a little bit about Machoy Jallo. Yeah, uh, Macho Jalo is really good at uh, dribbling, high press, uh, winning the ball. Um, yeah, and they have, they are, he has uh, really good characteristics uh, and he has been uh, crucial, uh, playing a crucial role in the last two games, uh, especially this one, uh, uh, as uh, Cassiano was sent off, uh, which makes the things a bit easier for Pastor Ferreira. But yeah, Macho Jalo and Antunes, they really turned the things around and they were able to win the match. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what happens in their next fixture. I do want to point out Passos, really interesting gesture, uh, giving their fans uh, free, not only free tickets, but free transport to the Friday night fixture uh, against Bell and Enchisad. That'll kick off uh, the weekend, the following weekend's action. Uh, really nice gesture from Passos. We've seen this before with, you know, Estoril uh, getting creative in their marketing campaign with the Tremosos and Francisco Geralds. But this one I, I really like because um, I remember, I think it was Portimonense going up against Vizela um, on a Sunday night. And that is about a six hour car ride 
for Vizela fans, if I'm correct, uh, going down to the Algarve. And this is on a Sunday night, right? A Sunday night. And yet, despite this, despite this poor scheduling, uh, so many Vizela fans showed up and showed their support. It was really inspiring. This is inspiring as well. Um, but once again, I think an example of the league's incompetence when it comes to scheduling. I mean, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, of course. I think uh, league scheduling is killing the football. Uh, it's really difficult. We are not a big country, so uh, it shouldn't. Uh, it should be possible to avoid that Portimonians fans uh, need to travel to the north on the weekdays. Uh, I think it it would be possible to to play with the calendar so that the teams could uh, have better scheduling. And yeah, it's an interesting move from Pas Ferreira to give free tickets and the trip uh, from uh, their city to Lisbon. Uh, and yeah, like you have said, uh, Sturio and Pas Ferreira are really two good examples on Martin. They are a small team, small structure, but they are really creative. They really go, do uh, good campaigns. And uh, talking about the fans, let me say, also, the impressive support that Vizela fans, uh, who showed up in really great numbers uh, last week against Pasto Ferreira, they didn't stop supporting the team uh, even when they uh, were losing. And yeah, it's truly, I, I would like they to stay in the Primera because of their passion. Uh, they have been a good surprise in that uh, aspect. Uh, I don't know if the reason, because I never knew. Uh, that Stondel, uh, that uh, Vizela had such a, a loyal fan base, uh, but maybe because they are living the best years of the club in the recent years, uh, it could be one reason. But yeah, it's really impressive. They were really good. Absolutely, Passos de Feira currently 11th in the Primera Liga table with 24 points. That's one point below Santa Clara and four points below. Portimonense, as well as one point above Famalico, who take who took home a very impressive result, a one nothing win against Maritimo, following a five nothing victory against Morenz. So you know a very uh, good mini run of form for this Famalica side, who have you know very much struggled uh, this season, uh, taking home a one nothing win. And taking the lead early on in the seventh minute via Simon Bonza, Marichmo uh, going down to 10 men uh, just before halftime via Claudio Wink. Um, you know, uh, an impressive two games for this Famali Kao side. Um, I'm, I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts on them? Uh, yeah, Famali Kao is doing uh, really good right now. Uh, we have already talked about Chilvicent, Pastor uh, and uh, I will uh, develop on a new topic that in Portugal it's common that uh, teams perform a really good season and then they uh, are a deception the following year. It happened with uh, Pasto Ferreira going to the champions and then being relegated. And a bit this season also, uh, also with Family Count that uh, they were promoted. They did a really good season and uh, João Pedro Souza and then uh, they were fighting hard to avoid relegation. Now, Gil Vicente is doing uh, a great season. We started by, uh, we we just talked about that and 
approaching if they uh, can uh, continue that. Uh, in Portugal, it's really difficult because a lot of the projects, they are dependent on the managers and the key players, and it's really difficult. But uh, now Famalicão, uh, the new manager, is uh, doing great. If um, uh, um, I was expecting more from him uh, last season then, uh, and now the new manager came. They have new players uh, in uh, in January with highlighting uh, Jean Carlos Teixeira, of course. Uh, he's doing really great. He can uh, change the game. Uh, and with these new players, I think they will survive and they will uh, continue the the victories as they they have the last two weeks and uh, doing. Uh, mid-table championship. I think it's possible. There are currently seven players uh, in double figures in terms of goals in the Primera Liga. Number one, Darwin Nunes with 18 goals and two assists. Luis Diaz, despite leaving to Liverpool a few weeks ago, uh, still number two with 14 goals and four assists. Uh, Ricardo, Ricardo Horta, however, uh, after scoring the winner in a one nothing win against Tondela, uh, is level with Diaz with 14 goals and three assists. Number four, Merita Remy with 12 goals and eight assists. So level with Darwin in terms of goal contributions. From the Varro, level with Taremi with 12 goals, zero assists, however. Uh, sixth place, however, is a two-way tie between uh, Oscar Estupinian, the Colombian striker of Vitoria de Guimaraes, and Simon Banza, uh, 10 goals this season for Famalicao. Banza, for me, has been one of the biggest breakout stars of this season so far. Uh, you know, found himself with limited options in the Lens side uh, under Frank Heiss, with likes of Florian Sutoka and uh, Arnad Kalimwendo ahead of him. Uh, but has really become a key part of this Famalicao side. Talk to me a little bit about his impact. Yeah, Benza was really a surprise for this season for Famalicao. I was expecting more uh, of Pedro Marques to shine. I really like him since uh, he represented Buenenses. He did a, a good season last week in Gil Vicente. But, sorry. Um, no worries. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's Simon uh, Banzo, which is shining right now. He had some um, games with less contributions of goals, but now I think he's uh, back to his uh, usual form. And uh, it's essential on the family count. He's a great finisher. And yeah, I think it's one of the biggest surprises, at least for me. I didn't know him uh, before that. Uh, and family count is really uh, choose wisely. Absolutely. Really impressive season for Simon Bonza, uh, who has joined on loan. I believe that Famalicao have an option to buy. Not sure if they're going to be able to afford it. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, going back to another team that uh, has had an interesting 2022 so far, uh, I want to go back to Ruben Amorim's Sporting, who... Uh, as we've seen, lost, started 22 off with a 3-2 loss against Santa Clara, uh, have also lost 2-1 to Braga. And before 
drawing two to two against Porto in the Clasico and then losing five nothing. Sporting though rebounding temporarily with a three nothing win against Estoril Praia, um, taking the lead just before halftime via goal from Pedro Gonçalves, um, doubling their lead after Raul Silva, who had joined in the January transfer window from Braga, uh, getting sent off. Uh, doubling their lead in the 76th minute via Mateus Reis and sealing it with a wonderful goal from Pablo Sarabia. If you haven't yet, definitely check out the highlights for that game uh, just to see Sarabia's firecracker. Just another of so many fantastic goals uh, we've seen in Portugal this past weekend. I'm, I think we could spend another week, another hour just talking about those goals. But, you know, Impressive win against a Estoril side that have been uh, fair, fairly good in their return to the top flight. And, you know, one player who had a very big impact in their dominance is Pedro Gonçalves. Pedro Gonçalves, uh, the attacking talisman for their league title victory the previous campaign. Uh, but, you know, 23 years of age and I would say has had somewhat of a down year for Sporting, still putting up impressive numbers. But uh, talk to me a little bit about about Pote this season under Ruben Amorim. Uh, what, what have been your thoughts on him? And, and do you think he could have a potential impact going into March's World Cup qualifiers? Uh, yeah, starting with uh, Sporting in, in a more general way, uh, starting with their uh, European match against Manchester City. Uh, I saw many Sportingistas, they were pretty confident that Sporting uh, would even defeat City. Uh, I was not so confident, but uh, I thought that Sporting would at least score a goal. Uh, unfortunately, their strategy, uh, they were killed by the three, three shots, three goals almost by City. They make, uh, made a really cynical, let's say, that uh, game. But and so they needed to to respond to give a convincing uh, game this this week against Turil and without being brilliant, I think they they were good and uh, the when uh, Raul Silva was sent off, it obviously uh, helped Sporting uh, regarding uh, Pedro Gonçalves. But uh, yeah, he did an, an incredible uh, season last uh, last season. Um, he was also great in Family Can also, but uh, I think never uh, most of the people we we, we weren't weren't expecting uh, that contribution from Pot to Sporting season and of course Sporting season uh, also. This season uh, is doing uh, good again, uh, not so great as the last season, but still being an important player for Sporting and. It's good to see uh, him uh, back on the goals. And along with Sarabia, they are really two good players. And Sporting's really good at the moment, the two of them. Absolutely. Uh, Benfica started off February with a 2-1 loss to Gil Vicente, following, uh, following it up with a 3-1 victory against Tondela and a 2-1 victory against Santa Clara. But once again, dropping points uh, to kick off the weekend's action in a 2-2 draw against Boavista on Friday. Uh, Benfica taking the lead early on via a fantastic goal from Adel Tarbat, doubling their lead via Alex Grimaldo. 
but uh, once again, letting the opponent in in or easy in the final uh, minutes uh, with Boavista taking their first goal via Gustavo Sauer and then equalizing via Gaius Makuta. You know, Benfica going into this match against Ajax followed up with uh, a match against Vitoria de Guimaraes. What do you think has gone wrong with them uh, under Nelson Verissimo? And and what overall, what were your uh, impressions of this draw? Uh, I don't understand why did Benfica, Rui Costa, uh, gave up of this season so early. It's just stupid to give up uh, in January. Uh, and Nelson Verissim uh, already he already took the charge uh, after Brunoage being set, uh, and he didn't prove anything at that time, and that wouldn't change now. Um, so it's not a surprise that Benfica, apart from all the problems uh, in the squad or the other all, uh, other scandals that they are involved in. Uh, it's not a surprise that they are performing um, under the expectations. And this game was a clear example of that. They did a decent first half uh, with Tarat and Weigel conditioning uh, Boavista and exploring the back of Boavista's defense. But they it seemed that they were too comfortable on the second half. They almost give up. Uh, of the match and Boavista starting to grow and grow and then uh, without surprises they scored the first goal and then the second one the first goal was really a good combination uh, with Sauer and Musa Musa although he wasn't uh, very good uh, at finishing uh, on Friday had two or three big chances and he didn't uh, make any goal, uh, but still a big player. And his involvement with uh, Sauer uh, on that on that goal was really good. You know, we've talked a lot about Brazilian late bloomers in the Primera Liga. You know, we've got seen a lot of those players. I think looking at teams like Mateus Reis on Sporting uh, and and plenty of other players. One player who you just mentioned, Gustavo Sauer. Uh, you know, for Boavista, 28 years old and really becoming the talisman for Petit's Boavista. Um, that is his fifth goal. He's also recorded three assists. Uh, I definitely think that he has uh, become so important for this Boavista attack. Your thoughts on Sauer? Yeah, Sauer is a really good player. Uh, all uh, passing quality, uh, long shot if needed. And he really uh, is really playing very, very well for Boavista. And overall, I think Boavista has some interesting players like Nathan, uh, Sauer and Musa. Even Gorge as a secret weapon, as we saw uh, on Friday. And I think it lacks some options on the bench. We look to the, the bench and we see that some of they almost seem that they are just to fill the space. Um, and I would like to see if with more options what they could do. And uh, also Petit is an interesting manager. I think uh, I saw your tweet and I couldn't agree more uh, that he's unfairly stereotyped as a defensive or part of his manager. I think uh, he completely changed that mentality and he's very consistent 
defensively, but he is also good exploring the options in the front and with Sauer and uh, creating the opportunities and seeing the space that uh, many players don't see. Uh, and with Musa, I think they have really good weapons uh, and could do even more with more options uh, from the bench. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the player Nathan Santos, who for Boavista has has been one of the most promising fullbacks, I would say, in Portugal. Uh, really impressive, uh, kind of as a right wing back, um, but also playing on the right side of a back three, doing very well. Uh, for me, though, I, I think arguably the best right back in Portugal right now is Zé Carlos, a uh, player who we've talked a lot about on Cortelinhas and is has been absolutely essential in Gil Vicente's fantastic season under Ricardo Suarez, 23 years of age, uh, has played for various academies such as Boa Vista, Salgueiros, Lesa, spent six years at Leixois and uh, joined Braga in 2020 before going out on loan to Gil Vicente. So, you know, uh, Jose Carlos had an absolutely massive impact in one of Gil Vicente's goals, the second goal uh, of their victory against Belenenc Saad. And overall, I think at, at 23 has, has been one of the breakout sensations of this Primera campaign uh, for Gil Vicente, who are, as we mentioned, a fifth place in the Primera, um, four points behind Braga. Braga, having sold Ricardo Escaio uh, to Sporting um, in the previous summer, ended up ha- having Fabiano as, as well as Jan Kuto, who uh, within seconds of coming off the bench, within I think two minutes of coming off the bench, Kuto grabbing an assist for Ricardo Horta's goal in the one nothing victory against Tondela, um, player who, like Say Carlos, is on loan. And, you know, if, if he, Jan Kuto is to depart Braga in the summer um, and not extend his loan, I think that Zay Carlos, there, there are a few players who are better suited to taking that right back position uh, or whatever uh, the, the position, if it's a right wing back position um, at Braga. I, I think that he would be a better option than, for example, Fabiano um, or Jan Kuto if he is extended. He has just been super... Uh, important in going forward with his dribbling, his passing, and a uh, really hard player to stop on the counterattack. Um, your thoughts on Zay Carlos? Yeah, we we saw again what uh, Zay Carlos can do uh, last uh, last week against Bissell. He's uh, an incredible player, and I I agree with you. If Ian Koto returns uh, from loan, I think they don't, Braga don't need to look uh, much. I think Zé Carlos is the uh, perfect man to replace him, even better than uh, Fabiano. Zé Carlos has a lot of quality. Can, the way he takes the ball and uh, he can progress and always with criteria is really good. And I think, yeah, Braga don't need to look uh, more. Zé Carlos is the natural uh, a player to replace Ian Cote. Absolutely. Uh, do you have a talent of the week, Yogo? Uh, yeah, I think uh, we have already discussed really good players and Zekarlos have made an impressive uh, week. Uh, 
I would say maybe Bernardo Vital, uh, especially because Raul Silva was sent off. And when Raul Silva came to Estoril, many people, uh, many, I don't know, some people said that uh, and were curious if uh, Bernardo Vital would be relegated to the bench. But uh, I think Bernardo Vital is really an interesting player. Uh, his positioning, how he approach the 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 plays and uh, on a more broad perspective is uh, part of uh, what Sturil is doing. Uh, Sturil is currently the the champions of the under 23 uh, Liga Sound and they have a really good project on their academy and youth teams. And I think it's really interesting to think the club in that uh, broad perspective from the base to the top and Bernard Vital is uh, an example of that. And I hope to see much more in the future. Absolutely. We've seen likes of, uh, you know, Andre Franco impressing as well as Chiquinho, who earned a move to Wolves. But that Bernard Vital, as you mentioned, uh, definitely one to keep an out on, on this historial side in defense. Uh, you know, it is hard to stand out in defense in a, what was it, in a three, nothing loss to Sporting. But definitely an impressive performance. Um, do you think he could potentially be alongside the likes of, you know, Tomas Tibero, who went to Grasshoppers um, from Belenenge side? A uh, potential option to fill in for the likes of Pepe and Jose Font as they are aging, um, and as Portuguese and as Portugal center back options are set to diminish in the in the coming years. Uh, yeah, right now. Uh... Uh, Inacio uh, and Ruben Diaz, they seem to be the the future of our national team. But of course, options like Tomás Ribeiro and Bernard Vital can be names to take into account in some years. Uh, Tomás Ribeiro was also really good. Uh, I think it was the best player of Bissau without any doubts. And now Bernard Vital is also showing his talent is aggressive in a good way, uh, strong positioning, and I think in the future we'll see. But yeah, the the potential is there, and if he continues to improve, as he has uh, been improving and doing really well this season, uh, yeah, it could be a name to to have in mind. Absolutely, thank you so much once again, Diogo, for coming on the podcast. It was a pleasure to have you on. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, thank you, Zach. It was really a pleasure to be here. I think it was a really good conversation about uh, not also the Premier League weekend, but Bolognenses is also uh, is always a pleasure to talk about my team and to explain uh, our history, show my passion about the team. And so, yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Just to close off this podcast, do want to mention we are keen to get as many fans from as many teams in Portugal and give a spotlight to those smaller sides such as Passos de Feira, Morenense, uh, Vizela, so on and so on, as well as teams from the lower leagues of Portuguese. So if you do, if you do support one of these teams, please do get in touch. I have my uh, direct messages open. Please get in touch if you'd like to be on uh, the next episode of Corta Uh, And once again, thank you to everybody for tuning in.